can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you makes me want a hot dog real bad. Hey, 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 hey. It's not the legendary Jennifer Coolidge. It's your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and his co-host, Jane, Johnny Girl, Hammer. And you are listening to Movies We Missed. And before we get into it, which you know we will, as we always do, we want to let you know, if you are interested in following up with us or stalking us, um, there's live webcam that I have going to Jane's house. 24 7 only in the bathroom inside the toilet um but you can find us on instagram and facebook at movies we missed and we're also over on twitter at mwm chat um jane what did you think of my jennifer coolidge you know what i was so um taken aback because i've come to expect like uh, the normal hey 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 from you when we start and so this was uh, turning our whole process on its head and I'm really trying to find my bearings right now I did love it I will say I was so surprised that I really didn't get a chance to um measure how good your Jennifer Coolidge was so I'd love it if you would do that for me one more time okay Ooh. It makes me want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's Thank pretty good. You. I will I will say I don't have any notes and I do I love the big exhale. Um, I try and like fully beginning. fill my Coolidge fantasy. So mm-hmm. I really We uh we have so much in common. There's there's so many things that we could talk or, or not talk not about. Not talk all about day. We love soups. We both we love, love soups. Love soups. We both love shopping at, at big box stores. We both kind of we both have a fetish for surplus. <laughs> well, you were going a little off book, but that's the 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 um the piece from Best in Show, right? Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to build from or not off book, I guess. From the that's foundation. not the right term. I mean, but, yeah. Um, I mean, I was improving a little bit. I was no improving. I loved it. I wasn't. It wasn't a read. I loved it. I thought it was. Just great. so everybody knows, Jennifer Coolidge has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> with this episode this week. No, she was not in any I, of the movies that we've watched even recently. <laughs> when you, I, I did that yesterday on the couch next to Dave. He is um, very critical of me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as uh, are we all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We leave our we leave ourselves off the off the the, the judges. The judges bench though don't we mm, yeah. of course always don't hold that mirror up to ourselves do we jane um, <laughs> but yeah no i was singing this to him and i started doing a little cool cool and he was like <laughs> that's actually pretty good and uh it meant more than it should have meant to me the um, thing is when someone compliments an impression i do and i'm not good at impressions i literally my head grows 10 times its size like it is an ego inflation that 
I, well, I don't need, but I'll take and I love. But I'm but the thing is is because I'm not good at it and I feel like I don't deserve it. So when I hear it, <laughs> I'm happy. You do. No, you do some stuff good. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about about that and um I It was I fantastic to share it with you. And uh, thank you for giving me that encore opportunity too. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. It was better the second time, I think. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And I do, and, and while we're addressing things, I would love to say, um, or just, um, as I always do, dissect the middle name choice for me. You called me Johnny Girl, which is, well, my brother's name is Jonathan. Oftentimes, we call him Johnny. And I'm wondering, did that play into your decision at all? It or? did not play into my decision. When oh, I thought wow. that names for you, I always, I literally always maybe my subconscious but i literally always say your first name and then it's whatever mm-hmm. second name pops into my head and i don't know where johnny girl came from it just popped into my head and as soon as i said it i was like that sounds southern as hell um, it sounds like a euphemism like well, johnny oh it could well be that not. girl's a real johnny girl if you know what i mean like a tomboy I don't know. We fill in the blank. See, in the you know? South, that would Johnny Girl would would mean that either your father or your grandfather's name was probably Johnny, and that would be how that person <laughs> had that nickname. I can almost guarantee you. That's really cute. I mean, your whole family has a lot of cute nicknames. And There's a lot the of nicknames in my family. There are family members who I don't find out what their actual name is until like the funeral, and you see the funeral program, and you're like, "Who's that?" <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, we've been calling that person." A nickname. Some of the nicknames are low-key and high-key offensive. I'm not going to get into those on the show. Um, but they're wild, uh, the names that people come up with for people. And I think there's something so funny about coming up with nicknames, like, about, like, a characteristic about a person that, like, maybe they don't love. Yeah. But it's like, in it's my a- family, if you had, like, you know, been in, like, an accident as, like, a youth and you, like walk maybe with like you know uh, there was like a distinct sort of walk as a result of like that injury then like everybody in my family would be like hey lip and that's your nickname (laughs) and you just or they'd be like hey hobble hey cane boy come here it's like that's what everybody's been calling you since you were two so you don't know it's awful but the accident family, that like defined your life and you can't get away oh from it. Oh my god. It's like everybody in my family has a nickname. I think that my I think that my grandmother's kids are the ones that don't really go by nicknames as, as much, but that's because of my mm-hmm. granddad though. My granddad really hated the nicknames. Oh, he put a stop to like, it. He was his whole thing. He was like, Oh, your family is country ass nicknames everybody's got. No one's name for my kids. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so... Whoa, have we talked about this on the podcast before? I'm having a deja vu. I just, like... We've talked a... about this in real life before. I don't think we've talked okay. about it on the podcast before. But, yeah, okay. there's a whole thing in my family with nicknames and stuff. And But that moment was just a deja vu for me. Maybe we have. Maybe we have talked about it. I don't remember. Or it's a, um, it's a glitch in the Matrix, whatever. Who knows, right? <laughs> I can't... Look, know? we can't be held responsible for what we have said and have already said on this podcast. We're not going to remember. We don't have time to, like, <laughs> dissect everything that we've done or remember it or think about it or be held responsible. <laughs> you tell them, Jane. You completely Actually, absolve us before we've even been, <laughs> you know, called to trial because you know it's going to happen. So it's like, let me go ahead and get in front of this real quick. Um, Actually, I would like to say I would... I. I wholeheartedly disagree with that i would like to be held responsible for the shit that we say but we just don't remember it <laughs> yeah exactly and if you hold us on we're just gonna be like sorry and then, like, <laughs> bye 
I know we got. We're gonna get to the episode. We're right? gonna get. We're gonna get to the. We're we're gonna get. Tired of your messages telling us. What I know. Talking yeah, everyone's DMing us. This is our part. Woo! Don't Ra- DM you, me. How don't dare you it. DM us and tell us to get to the fucking point? We'll get to it when we get we'll to get it. To the point, okay. Whatever. Don't DM me talking about. You can get to the point. Don't DM me talking about how obnoxious Jane is. So what? okay. She's <laughs> okay. <not telling laughs> she's here. I don't wanna hear it anymore. You think I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we watched Jane and I watched uh, Jane picked a couple of awful scary movies for us to watch this past weekend so the oh next time God. we get together um, I, let's just say I'm going to be in the driver's seat uh, Brandon you to, uh, helped pick first of all you suggested the first one okay I'm, well, I'm going to say the one that we watched I, it was I really suggest the first one. you like you su- no 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 thrown let me... out and then everything changed and we were ready to go you don't know which one I'm talking path. about you don't oh. know which one I'm talking about you suggested *Malignant*, which I knew we did that watch. is what she, I knew you were talking about. I did know. I thought you suggested it. I didn't suggest it. All right. We well. all talked about we talked about it days <laughs> earlier because we were like, "Oh, we should talk, walk that. We had to watch that because HBO is like threatening us that they're going to take it away on the fifteenth before <laughs> Halloween." Just like screw you guys. Um, but yeah, it was what it was. And it was then, not good. I'm still, so, I wanted it to be good, but it was not good. It wasn't good. even like funny bad until that like last scene with the no, last I scene was really away because people may not have watched it, but yeah, but the was... twist is like, or like what the, the reveal is like one of the, it was actually very funny. <laughs> yeah. It's and so then we, fucking stupid. It was real stupid. And then we watched Blood Harvest. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I can't. I'm sorry. I just screamed, but I can't believe we've gone this long. Cut everything and just have us talking about Blood Harvest because this was the most insane movie we've ever seen. It was crazy. It was like a crazy, scary movie from, I want to say, 87, right? I think it was 1987 starring Tiny Tim. Who is like uh, like an like a, a art singer com- comedian type like okay so for those of you, like so for those of you who don't know in the 70s i think was his height of popularity he was sort of like i, I guess he played what i think he played the ukulele and has a very high-pitched singing voice and was popular in ways that i don't understand because he actually just like without the clown makeup that he was wearing in the movie just like as himself seems like a very terrifying person um <clears throat> yeah it was but a, he was playing a weird clown in this movie, and it was, it was a, so. It was a wild. Um, it was a wild movie, and it was this crazy town, and this girl <laughs> returning home from college, I believe, and like looking for her family and trying to find them, and like all of the little twists and turns that come up along the way, and it was, it was a doozy. Um, it was. If you guys want to watch it for free, it's on Tubi. <laughs> Right. We are Go not we're not sponsored by Tubi. We are willing to be, although I don't know how much cash they're working with. They uh Jane so roast them and then tell them that we're willing to be sponsored. I know. But like, no, actually Tubi has come through clutch a few times within our sure. situation. We've had we've been able to watch some movies for free via Tubi, and they do have some insane movies. Like, we never would have seen Blood Harvest. And it is a wild, wild movie. None of it's it makes sense. It's like there's so much gratuitous nudity. There's so much bad like continuity. Like just for instance, at one what point one of the characters gets like stabbed in the like upper arm with like a huge like hatchet type farming equipment. I don't even know what it was. 
and it like it would be life ending you would lose all the blood and you would die but instead he is able to continue to pursue our heroine and like put up a pretty good fight and when it cuts to him like two seconds later he doesn't have the wound anymore this very very it was epic like, you know, it was like a fire possibly. poker that went through his arm and it was like a geyser of blood and he was covered in blood and he's wearing this white button up and then the next shot <laughs> gone. unscathed yeah um, and, and and tiny tim is dressed as a weirdo clown the whole time and that is not the thing that scares this woman and he shows up at her house uninvited multiple times and she's like hey merv with like zero terror in her voice but i would like, have randomly like he shows up he shows up like multiple times <laughs> pops up in the window one time just walks in while she's in the kitchen and she's like <laughs> making coffee and then she and then he walks in and he's like hey and then she's like hi and then she's like you want some coffee merv i'll make it he's like no you sit down i'll make the coffee and it's like first of all i'm already in the process of making it like i know you're putting something in my coffee <laughs> like i don't trust your little clowny hands to be messing with any liquids i've been vibing no also there's comet like that comet is uh, is all over this movie it is on that on the top of the oh the sink. comet comet that comet yeah, the comic yeah. used that cleaning product that my grandmother so, used to get in there with back it's in the day. The, it's the powder bleach that everyone's parents used in like it the was 90s. all the rage. It was all the rage. 90s. It was everywhere. You clean out a bathtub with it. You inhale it and die. It's like very, very, very toxic. And it was literally like in. I don't know if they gave some money to this movie, but it was in every scene you could see like a canister of comet it's like those it's like those those music videos now that you like they want you to know that they're like they're sponsored by like ciroc so every yeah, it's like, like them like pouring glasses of, of ciroc and like diddy's in the background doing the like take that take that i told you that we won't stop That's a, this is, that is this is adele and that is a um musically but yeah, so it's a lot of that. Also, this reminded me, Jane, do you remember, did your mom, did, did you guys have carpet in your house at all growing up? So I we moved when I was like 11, but in the first house that we lived in, I think on the upper level we had carpet in some of the rooms. Do, do but you, there was some mom, carpet, but not entirely. Did, you, did your mom used to use that powder potpourri that you pour... You pour it out of the container onto the carpet, and then you take the vacuum and you vacuum it up, and it leaves no. like the scent. Oh, no, no, I don't oh, think. I used to love that stuff. It was just like a, it was a game changer. That was when you knew company was coming over. Like, <laughs> you knew it was about to be like a fancy evening, and just adorn the entire floor with it, and then just hit it real quick with that Hoover. And that the aroma house just would smells sort like lavender. Start. It would really start just like you know taking over the room in this way that was like we're wealthy like, <laughs> you knew there was there gonna be hors d'oeuvres <laughs> set yeah, out do you do you smell what i smell huh. uh, it's called a party <laughs> i smell huckleberry harvest <laughs> that means that people from the church are coming over get into oh, it shit. we are gonna talk about the movie 1991's irish opus the commitment jane gave me the movie to watch this week and i'm thinking that jane has probably done her job although you never know when you're on this end um but i think she wrote a synopsis um hope i did. against hope <laughs> okay she did so um i'm gonna uncross my fingers 
I, I, I want to, I do want to defend myself. I've never not done my job. I always write my synopses. So <laughs> don't. It's just like when you work for my company. Before I <laughs> give you the heave ho. The proverbial boot. Um, Brandon, what was the company that I worked for that you owned? You worked for Please. my textiles company. Your textiles and what kind of we textiles used to go and did we, we work did? With? We painted walls. We but our thing was we put texture on. I would go outside okay. before I went to one of my jobs. That's what I call when I work for a client. I go to their house. <laughs> I call it a job. So when we go when we do one of my jobs, I would go out and I would get a bunch of twigs and just like anything that mm. I knew was going to add like a depth and like dimension. Mm. And I would go in and when I would paint the walls, I would stick that stuff to the mm-hmm. wall and I would paint it onto the wall. Beautiful. And it, and it created like. Almost like, like I could, it made it seem like it was like you were inside of like a fable. Like it was Right, very like the room was alive and you were in a secret garden, but it was all the same color. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. call Stephen Sondheim because you were going into the woods. I mean, whether you liked it or not, you know, um, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, I, I did a lot wow. of stuff like that. Beautiful. Um, and what did I do for your company? Refresh all of our memories. What did I do for your company? Well, you created uh, a lot of uh, extra work. You did that. You didn't do a good job <laughs> of filing paperwork. You were always in the petty cash. Um, I remember whenever I'd ask you to do anything, I'd come back and all you would ever say to me was, I'm right on top of that, Rose. And it was like, <laughs> enough of this. I need you to get in there and, you know, help me get this stuff done. You were always filing things. It seemed like you were always stacking papers. It was always the same, mm. same thing as same stack of papers that you were just always shuffling around and um and what was my official title there um well you were secretary to the king (laughs) secretary to the king well i do have some (laughs) i do have some notes about how you run your company and why it's probably defunct now Referring yourself to the as as a referring to yourself as the king as the company owner kind of gives the impression that you are um, above everybody else. You're no really no 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 no. No, okay. I was the king, and I referred to the people that were on the floor going out and doing a lot of the day to day work. I referred to them as like the dunces, and they love that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. A fun little playful name. I asked them, and I asked them how they felt about me being called the king <laughs> and i asked i remember i said to a group of people this is right after i'd fired you for being horrible at your job but i went out and i remember i said to everybody i was like hey guys and they said hey hey king and i said does everybody think it's cool as cool as i think it is that i'm the king that i'm called the king and then everybody raised their hands and they said yeah so that was well and i'm mean. sure i'm sure you created a very safe environment for people to speak out too if they were feeling i wouldn't say that no i think people okay. knew that if they said something other than what i wanted to hear it probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't be the best choice for them from like mm-hmm. uh employment standpoint i at that and that's time, all i, I really... and that's all i need the audience to hear is just the truth about that so anyways king can i read my damn synopses Oh, I see what you tried to do there. You tried to end it when you get in the last word and making mm. me seem like a bad boss, even though everybody knows that I did a really good job at those dunces. Um, but yeah, we'll get back. We don't have to talk about my bad business, my successful business that I stopped. Our doing. producer is literally badgering us to talk he's about. Not, yeah, he's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say. Um, let's, because we are not doing our job. Yeah, let's um, let's get into the we'll get into the movie. We've been disres- I've been disrespected enough today. My business practices <laughs> call to the floor. 
in a way that like I don't appreciate really. Um, hmm. And if you are worried about me and you want to check my business's credentials, um, why don't you take a little hop, hop, hop over to Angie's list and see all the glowing <laughs> reviews that I... I have. And shout out to Angela hmm. from Angie's list. Hmm. I call her by her formal name, her government name. Hmm. Um, but Angela, she's a real angel, and uh, mm-hmm. I. I love that damn list so much. It's and I just want to thank her again for making it. Whew. You good, boo? I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Okay, I'm going to throw it over to Jane. But yeah, just to be listed properly really was a big thing for me. It was McDonald's and then it was us right under them as okay. far as the list goes. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so anyway, Jane, you you take it away, girl. Okay, okay. I'm going to do me. This is the synopsis for 1991's The Commitments. Destination anywhere? Well, in this particular case, we're heading to the Emerald Isle, the shamrock capital of the world, and home of approximately 5 million potato enthusiasts, the Republic of Ireland. More specifically, Dublin, and to get even more granular with it, the north side of Dublin. Meet Jimmy Rabbit, music lover, hustler, and black hair, blue-eyed dreamboat with a hustle that can't be beat. He dreams of getting out of his parents' chaotic home filled with an innumerable amount of siblings and hitting it big in the music industry. He wants to be as big as Sinead O'Connor and you too, but he's got something up his sleeve that's going to set this band apart. That's right. He's putting together a soul band from Dublin, Ireland? Given that soul music originated in the American South by black musicians in the 50s and 60s, we're about to see a pretty striking case of cultural appropriation. But Jimmy doesn't mind, mostly because he's probably never heard of the term. Blissfully ignorant and unaware, Jimmy starts gathering the troops. In the end, he's put together a nine-piece band, complete with three backup singers, Natalie, Bernie, and Imelda, a proselytizing trumpet player called Joey the Lips Fagan, and lead singer Declan, or Deco as he prefers, with a strong and raspy voice to fulfill the brief. They start off shaky, but after hours of practice and true commitment to becoming the, quote, saviors of soul, they end up garnering some local buzz. But as is often true with a story like this, as soon as they gain a little fame and a possible jam sesh with the one and only Wilson Pickett on the horizon, egos flare up, conflicts abound, and a healthy amount of fisticuffs take center stage. This pushes the music backstage, only leaving room for betrayal, heartbreak, and the dissolution of everything they've worked so hard for, eventually cementing themselves in history as the greatest Irish band that never was, The Commitments. Beautiful. And you ended on a very, like, haunting note, which I... Yeah, well... I appreciate it. You know, it's a comedy, but it's it's a little sad. They don't, they don't make it. Yeah, you know? no, they don't. Um, it, things start to, like... I feel like things really start to just um, fall apart very rapidly. There was like a they point t- where I was like, oh, okay, this is where we are. Come on, me. Well, we spend a lot of time in the beginning establishing and practicing. And then, like, we're performing and we're getting better and we're getting better and we're getting better. 
And then all of a sudden, it's like everyone fucking hates each other. Like, it's just so okay. rapid. Um, but, um, no. Um, this was released in August 7th, 1991. Made about $14.9 million at the box office. Um, I do think that you have to take into account the fact that this was like an international film and it's probably scattered numbers depending on like the rollout as far as the movie being released to, to theaters. But that mm-hmm. gives you a pretty good idea that it actually did pretty well for um, for a film coming out in the early 90s, Irish film. Yeah. Um, I think like also like an indie film. And like yeah, the, absolutely. Thing t- the thing too is like, I think it, I, I mean, I don't know, but from my impression is that it's a pretty big movie in, um, in Ireland. Like, I feel like it's a, it's like a, a people, everybody in Ireland like knows this movie. And, um, obviously Alan Parker, the director who has done a bunch of stuff as well, which I'm going to pull up right now. Oh, he did Bugsy Malone, Midnight Express, Fame, Pink Floyd, The Wall, um, Mississippi Burning. Oh, they mentioned Mississippi Burning in this movie. That That's hilarious. Okay. Um, he did Evita. He did Angela's Ashes, which is why, like, when I, I, I always thought that, so the, um, the Roddy Doyle, the, the writer of this novel and the screenwriter, um, who um it was his novel who he adapted with the team as well but i always thought in my mind i always thought that he was the author of angel's ashes but that's actually frank mccourt but i think i was connecting them because it's the same director um but anyways that's neither here nor there but he's done a lot of stuff yeah no this movie is um it was a, it was an interesting it was an interesting film. I like What are you they, saying? Did no, you not like it? Partic- um I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I didn't I didn't I don't know. I don't know. It like it was an interesting <laughs> it was an interesting movie for me. Um I don't know. I don't Explain know. Explain why. Why are you being so cagey about it? This is literally I, I a think because I don't know because I wasn't prepared okay. for that question and you caught me off guard. And You're not I prepared really for whether of... you like the movie or not? That's well, so... no, not right now. I mean, I think like over the course of us talking about it, I sort of am able to sometimes like figure it out. And then towards the end, when the question comes up, it's like, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I felt about it. Um Well, okay, so I feel like I'm putting, you probably feel pressure from me to like it because it's one of my, like, beloved movies from, you know, the 90s. So I don't want you to feel that. Like, if, what, what are you, let's, let's start with what your first thought is. I, I thought that it was a little appropriate like. Yeah. Yeah, and like I didn't, I don't know, I, I I don't know it, not like horribly, and it wasn't like disrespectful at all, um, but I don't know, it was it, it, it I don't know. Look, it well, wasn't I a, agree with you that it was yeah, appropriate for sure, but that was not something that I had the capacity to like, or I'm sure I had the capacity. I I'm not gonna excuse myself. That was not something that I knew about when I first saw this movie, or when for I, like, sure. And I'm not like I'm not like holding that. I'm not like holding. No, no, no. That. I think I'm that just... was something that I was like that. It was just a, it was a thought that was in my mind that was in conversation mm-hmm. with other thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Not and and I feel like appropriate may even be like a little bit of a strong word, but 
I mean, I don't think so. There's literally a point in the movie when they're watching a videotape of James Brown performing and they're talking about how they want to like steal from like do what he's doing. So and it's also um, also there's a moment in the movie which when I heard it, I thought this is probably why Jane likes this movie. Um, it's a oh, moment no. where <laughs> you're gonna drag um, me. I can tell already. Yeah. Well, it says well one of our um. Hold on. God, I feel like Jane. I didn't normally have everything pulled up. But... Oh please, you do not. I do. <laughs> you know I normally have everything pulled up. I have stuff pulled up. Okay. Um, not like you know. Not like Sephora's website. I mean, I normally have things pulled up to do with the movie. But um, Jimmy's talking, and I actually wrote down the quote. And Jimmy says, um, the Irish are the blacks of Europe. The Dubliners, yeah. are, the Dubliners are the blacks of Ireland. So say it once, say it proud. Say it once, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And I was like, Ugh, of course, something Jane identifies with. <laughs> Well, when I was watching, because I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, when I was watching, and I was like, ah, no. And I was like, oh, God, I hope it doesn't, like, expand into them, into, like, a chorus of, like, chanting that, because then I will literally be like, oh, this is not okay. This is not held up. But thankfully, someone just whispers it (laughs) or, like, mouths it. And I was like, okay, that is in some way better. <laughs> but yeah, I in that moment, like I instantly was like, Jane's exactly who I knew she was. And so it was nice <laughs> to get that confirmation. Um, you send me your subliminal messages that you think all sorts of thoughts. Some of the stuff you said out loud, that but to hear. Irish he, but people to, to in hear. Dublin can understand the black experience. Well, you've said to me, you've said that to me before, that you think <laughs> that Irish people are the blacks. Um... <laughs> And I remember I was like, whoa, I don't know. And then you were like, well, you're black, so you're inferior to me. So my decision is the one that makes matters wrong. <laughs> I have never said any of this, and I won't let it stand. Um, okay, so I'm happy I got that out. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I do, that... I... I, yeah. I do want to say it's an interesting experience watching something with the lens that I have now, the lens that I did not have, you know, back when I first watched this movie. And I do, I still love this movie, we, but it's we go really through. hard not to think of it in that way now. And so it's sort of is like, I, I There's you know. There's so many things like that though, Jane. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to of cut course. you off, but I did want no, to no, say. No, no, that's fine. I, I, just, I was teasing Jane before, obviously. Like, Jane is... <laughs> one of the most amazing people that I know and like <laughs> anything that Jane's that. ever said you know just remember her her best friend's black so, she <laughs> um, so I get a pass but um but no seriously we've been that's one of the interesting things about doing this podcast is picking movies movies that you've loved that you still have a love for and you always will because they're sort of like these these benchmarkers in our lives we tie them to like these really important milestones and moments i mean that's the magic of like cinema you know and Mm -hmm. so you can see these movies now through a completely different lens but that doesn't take away from the impact that they had i remember when jane suggested that we watch birth of a nation and at first i was like Hmm. I don't know. After Uncle Tom's Cabin last week, I think maybe we ought to take a a breather on oh this my God. Of history. But um, she makes a decision she makes. No, but we watch movies all the time where something happens and we're like, ooh, you can't say that. 
yeah. and you don't remember it and you watched it when you were like seven years old and like mm-hmm. eating cereal and just like ha 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 mm-hmm. and like you thought it was okay to say that like there's so many movies we watch that like they say something like homophobic or like transphobic and you're just like oh my god like and you cringe now and you think about how like when you watched it the first time like you didn't even have the tools to like process it or a part of you thought even as a young person like oh that's uh," you know but you didn't feel like you had the space to like share those things or like explore those thoughts or feelings i'm not excusing it i'm just saying like i know there's like, like a sense of ignorance that you have that like you have to own and move forward with because like that's that's the thing too i think this is the first movie that we've watched that like that either one of us has chosen that it's like oh this is this is fully based on like f- it's not just a moment in the movie the whole movie is about appropriating a culture that isn't yours and that is a major fucking issue and i am fully aware that that was not something that i would ever be thinking about when i was watching this movie this time and owning the fact that like you know that i didn't know that and i've since like had my eyes open a lot more but that doesn't change the fact that this exists and that I didn't know that at that time and even choosing it this week I did not or like last week I didn't have the thought process I didn't even stop myself when I chose this movie to think like hey maybe it's a weird choice to do a movie about a soul band (laughs) full of like 100% white people, a movie where, like, there is literally not a single person of color in this movie. And I think that that, I mean, I've been to Ireland before, like, I've seen people (laughs) of color in Ireland, like, that's just pure erasure. There's just, I know there are a lot of white people in Ireland, but I know there's not only white people in Ireland. So, sort of owning that fact that, like, I didn't, until, literally until I, it was the moment that I pressed play when I was watching this for the first time, and I was like, oh, I did not really think this through. I didn't think about this movie. I just thought about this movie as a movie that I've loved. To me, it's like always been a movie about music. And there are so many movies about music that I really love. And this was just on the list of that. And so it didn't occur to me that this was something that has not aged well until I sat down and and even like the second I pressed play, I was like, Oh, yeah. So. But, I mean, also, I I will say that, like, it was, like, a thing that happened in the... It was a part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to, like, you know, have those feelings and then push through. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) actually take in the movie. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of, like, good things about the movie, too. Like, I mean, I I really did enjoy, like, the, the chemistry and the relationships that developed between these people. I thought it was funny that, like... I always think it's funny in movies when people have, like, a talent, but, like, like, I don't know, it's funny that the three, the three women who end up being, like, the backup singers in the group, and, like, I, I mean, co-lead singers, really, because mm-hmm. they take the lead on that song. I just love in the beginning where they were, like, acting like they didn't know how to sing. And then, like, I know. at the end of the movie, it's like, you didn't learn, you didn't learn how to do this in, like, these couple weeks. And nobody's <laughs> well... really, and the thing is, nobody's really teaching I mean, I guess in a way, Jimmy kind of is, but they don't have like a musical director, so it's like no, you didn't it's take just like, like voice lessons. Well, in some like... ways, I feel like Joey the Lips Fagan was sort of like taking uh, well, charge as m- musical director. Talk about 
problematic and gross characters. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joey. Yeah, Joey was really getting it in. Um, Joey's like the, as the band is sort of being formed by um, Jimmy, who is our like protagonist. He loves you know soul music. He wants to create this band, um, and he sort of pulls together a group of people. And then at the last minute, he brings in Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Joey. plays. Joey, sorry, he brings in Joey. Joey plays the trumpet. He, you know, he sort of touts his resume. He's played with, like, everybody. Like, Joe Tex. He's played with uh, Sam Cooke. He's played with Ray Charles. He's played with B.B. King. Wilson Pickett. Winston, Wilson Pickett. He's played with all of these, like, kings of, like, blues and soul. And he is... Um, and he he's comes quite a bit and he older than everyone this. else. He's too. quite a bit older. He he comes along. He wants to be a part of this this band, and he is. He sort of takes on the role of mentor, which is like what I mean. What's a better mentor than like this person who's been on you know played on the role with all of these like titans of you know. So, anyway, yeah. So that was like uh, that that is like I think probably the person who most likely would have been offering like you know Mika and is it Mika is that it's Mika who's right Mika. That was her, is that, not Mika, what's, not Mika, sorry, Natalie. I get the names confused. Natalie. I was thinking of, oh, I was thinking of, I was thinking of, never mind. I was Ooh. thinking of the, um, I was thinking of the guy who ends up becoming the second drummer, who's like. Oh, yeah, that's like, I forget what his name is. But it Micah, is Mika. I think it's Mika. or Mika, or however they pronounce yeah. it. But, um, um, but Amelda and Natalie and Bernie are the three women that end up being the background singers, and like. The commitment What'd you say? Were they the commitment ets. The, the commitment ets. Oh my god. Um, and they, um, they all end up like each having like a relationship with Joey at one point. <laughs> I know it's I was, so gross. I didn't realize honestly until the end of the movie. There's like this huge fight between the three of them as the band is just sort of falling apart. This is one of the many issues at, at and one of the many storylines as far as issues within the band, but. I, I didn't realize that Amelda had hooked up with him. I do remember the scene where she came in after he'd given her a ride on his, like, moped to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And she got there, and they walked in together, and she was like, oh, he just gave me a ride. And everybody was like, yeah. And I sort of was just like, oh, yeah. Like, I just didn't even cross my mind. And when they heard, at the end, they were having this fight. And she was in it. She got into it with Bernie. And I was like, oh, she was having sex with him, too? But also, was like, there was no confrontation between Natalie and... Bernie because Natalie was with Joey first and then Bernie yes. started hooking up with Joey and then that seemed fine like I I don't know what the conversation was like but they didn't well, seem it didn't seem problem until Imelda showed up with him well also like there's this moment where Natalie and Joey hook up for the first time like they're out well not for the first time the first time we see mm-hmm. um and and they're outside and they're kind of like making out and then Dean who is a member of the band who plays the saxophone Dean like pops his head out he sees them and then he goes back upstairs and he tells the other band members about it and then Bernie she Bernie gets pissed and she goes over and she's basically defends her friend and she's like don't talk about like you know so what if she is like you know she's an adult woman she can do what she wants like why are you all talking about it you know and they're all talking about how gross Joey is and she gets but she's like really like happened for her friend and so it was like surprising to like see later on that she's getting in too it's like oh so everybody's getting getting a little bit of Joey apparently Joey, he's, which he's like like so gross <laughs> yeah i don't really get it 
I don't like, understand the appeal. I get I get that he's like he's older, a very passionate musician and like maybe his passion like, you know, makes him sexier no, or and something. He's, and he's more worldly and he's probably got all these great stories about these people that he's played with and he's an amazing like trumpeter. So like mm-hmm. I'm sure that like all of those things maybe and it also when it speaks I can't to, get over the skinny ponytail though that's a very he's a skinny ponytail and also one of them comments and mentions that he has bad breath which I was like that checks out oh. um, and then <laughs> because those yeah um, <laughs> I'm, but, and now I'm just being mean <laughs> but I will say that um, that when you are like in like a a creative environment you know mm-hmm. with people and you're building relationships and things like that it's sort of your whole world so it becomes your entire social circle too so totally. it's like the people that you spend every day with a day in and day out and you're drinking together after you get done with rehearsals and things like that i personally never had a showmance of any sort um but <laughs> i do know that it happens a lot in shows where all of a sudden people are like making out with each other backstage and then everybody's like there they they hooked up last night or whatever and there's you know, no so, there's no hornier group of people than creatives and people like it's making true something they need something to know. do with all of that intense like <laughs> energy that nobody else in the world understands i know and people are just rubbing their genitals on each other the whole time you're like trying to make something it's like all right <laughs> yeah exactly it's like keep it in your pants I mean, I've ne- I've like I don't know, I've never had a showman's, but I'm sure given the opportunity I would. It, it's I mean, it's really common. <laughs> it's really common in just the creative circles, I feel like it's like like-minded people who, you know, mm-hmm. are really passionate about their art as well. So it's Absolutely. like, you know, it is grounds for, you know, all sorts of things to grow. Uh, so, <laughs> so that sort of becomes uh, a part of it. And also, I did note that I thought it was really funny, uh, the beginning scene when Joey's like, not Joey, Jimmy, my goodness. When Jimmy's trying to start the <laughs> band and Jimmy has the scene where he's like, he wants to know what the influences are. Uh, of, who are your influences? Um, who are your influences? And um, I will also say, and this is not me being an apologist or in any way like, making an argument in defense of cultural appropriation, but I will also say that, like, we do have to keep in mind, like, the time period that this movie was made in and, like... Yeah, absolutely. The people that made it, because I think that that, that in their minds, I know that they probably had no clue. But most people who were... This was made... I am 100% certain this was made as a love letter to soul music. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And it sucks that, like it turns out this way and you can't it's hard to view it in and i think also viewing it for the first time now it's probably like i think if i saw this now for the first time i would um feel much more like i would feel much less love for this movie than i would than than i do now which is like because i have the history with it again i i i just i'm not excusing myself for anything like that but i just am i i, I want to talk about this because i think it's it's an interesting predicament that we're now in as just people getting to learn more and having more conversations and and educating ourselves more you come face to face with things that you love that aren't above board as they say absolutely no i i mean honestly i couldn't say it better than that jane was a really big fan of david dukes for a long time and so i had a conversation with her and i was like they're not just a christian organization there's you more never... to like what's going on with them and i think we should talk about it and jane in jane's defense she was open to hearing me out she didn't initially believe me 
I tried to explain to her that those hoods were not just like cute pointy hats. Um, and they that, meant like, something, and I didn't that know. That insignia. Mm. <laughs> it's got a message, and it's it's not one of you know love, peace, and soul. Okay, Don Cornelius has nothing to do with this one. Okay, lady, and um, we fought about it, and it was really weird, and it was difficult for me um, to be in that kind of uh, argument with Jane because you know I'm just friend. gonna let you drag me this whole episode. <laughs> no, I just I just wanted to say that piece because once she heard mm-hmm. me and she saw some of the stuff that I showed her. Then uh, we were we were in a good place again, and we found our way back. To My mind opened so. up a little. I learned. I learned. It was too late, but I learned. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then also, so we've got our lead singer as well, Deco, who it's really funny in the very beginning of the movie. He's a wedding singer, and as Jimmy's putting this band together, he mentions, um, I believe it's to Outspan. He mentions like, I don't want him in the band. And, or I, you know, I don't like this guy. And he's like shit faced performing at a wedding. And he's just like, can like barely stand up. Although I do think it's really funny. No, he wasn't talking about him. He was talking about the guy that was leading the band that they were playing in. Oh, I thought he was talking about Deco. No, no, no. They were talking you know, about the, you know, it was the Ray. guy Ray, I think. Ray. Because yeah. I wrote down Ray. And then later on in the movie, I was like, his name's Deco. Maybe Ray was his, <laughs> maybe that's his nickname. Um, <laughs> my Southern nonsense. Uh, but yeah, so it was so my bad about that. Um, but Deco is the lead singer and he's great. Um, he does, um, he does like have this way about him when he's like really feeling the music, which I am like of two minds on where like a part of me is like, I, I love like, I love the sort of like reckless abandon and the fact Mm, that he just gives it everything he has and he doesn't like care what it looks Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a part of me that does like chuckle to myself when he's really going in on like you know, in the in the middle of a song in midnight hour, and he's just like really like he looks like he's got to take a dump. Um, <laughs> he just like pulls all these insane contortions with his face, and you're just like, and you, I mean, he's got a great voice, so you're just like you you do what you need to do to get there. And sing us a beautiful song, but it is hard sometimes to watch it because it does pull you out of it. Because you're like, "What is that mouth doing?" Dave, um, Dave did say that he felt like he was doing Deco was doing his best Joe Cocker. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a really good point. I, I like, didn't think I about that. that. Yeah, I, see that. I was it's also the Joe thinking. Cocker fantasy. A John Mayer face. Like, people make fun of John Mayer, like, when he gets really into his guitar playing. Oh, also, um, Nick Jonas makes some weird faces, too, sometimes. Does he? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and I have I'm to like, look that up. Well, sometimes I'm just like, which I guess is the same case for, like, John Mayer. Both people that I like. But, like, I think, I'm just like, y'all aren't doing enough vocally to, like... <laughs> You're not singing that hard to me. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that about Joe Cocker, because Joe goes in. No, he well, Joe, is Joe giving went it. In, Joe, but, um... Mm, yeah. But like, but Joe Cocker, you go back, you listen to some like Joe Cocker albums from like mm-hmm. back in the day. And like, I mean, Joe Cocker is like, he's that girl. Like he, he is. is going in vocally and it is And just... making no apologies for it. And I'm here for it. All the goosebumps on my, on my body are here for it. No, Joe Cocker is, uh, is amazing. Um, Incredible singer. Was, just that voice. Oh yeah. Just... Uh, Mad Dogs and Englishman. That whole album is oh, fuego. Um, 
check it out. You heard it here first, probably. Um, but yeah, Joe Cocker, <laughs> amazing. Uh, Deco's doing, doing a great job, and he has a lot mm-hmm. of that same like gr- that gritty, that uh, gritty raspiness, that gritty raspy um, quality to his voice. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this is not what the podcast is about. But I was thinking about there's like <laughs> tell you know us. what I'm you know what I'm talking about. No. So, okay, so on the season of, um, Jane and I watched the season of American Idol where Crystal, Crystal Bauer Sox and I think Lee <laughs> DeWise were our top two. They perform um, <laughs> with a little help with Joe Cocker. Oh, this is, <laughs> this is the greatest live performance of all time. <laughs> um, and there's a moment at the end where like, it's like the two of them and they're right towards the end. And it's like, I think the, it's the bridge. I was gonna say I think it was the bridge. Yeah, it's the bridge girl. Um, and that's uh, the do you need anybody? And like Joe Cocker like lets out this like growl, and it is it's a visceral like, scream, is what it is. It so comes funny. from the depths of a person who I don't even know. Like, and, and by the way, this is like so season nine of American Idol. Like, this is we're talking 2010. Like yeah. eleven, oh, almost twelve so years good. ago, and Brandon and I still reference. We watched every now and then, yeah. <laughs> every now and then, like I feel like a month or two ago, I just like we were. I, I looked, pulled it up, and we looked at it. But like Joe is just like blowing a gasket, and he lets out this noise, and like Crystal Bowersock's face is like, oh, okay. It's it's just very much like, oh, this wasn't in rehearsal. Um, it's on YouTube, y'all, because we did look it up. It is good. Um, it's worth it. But, so, um, check it out. Anyway, so I thought about that. That was amazing. Um, and then I also loved how, like, Jimmy, like, set up these auditions, like, at the inconvenience of his family. Like, and it's like, this whole house is just full of people. He puts a newspaper ad in. Everybody comes to the door. There's a montage of people coming to the door. And it's so, like, there's something so, like, smug, but also accurate about this type of dismissal. Where, Absolutely. like, everybody who comes to the door, he asks them, like, what their musical influences are. And, like, they're saying things like Depeche Mode, The Smiths, U2, Sinead O'Connor. And every time somebody comes to the door and says that, he just slams the door in their face. Because he's, know. like, essentially, he wants to hear Etta James. He wants to hear Howlin' Wolf. Um, <laughs> he's really looking for that for that fantasy, and he's not getting it. Um, and I just thought that was really funny. Um... <laughs> It is really funny. And it's like, and I love that it's not, actually one of the things that I do really like about how they do this, like in most movies when you do that, it's like three or four and that's all you get. But they do this like, I want to say like 10 times. It's a, this, no, like, it's a lot of, maybe it's more. a lot of people that are getting the, the and it's, you get, it's just, it, it builds. And I thought that, I, I always think it's cute. No, I agree. That was really funny. And then also there's a moment where the the gentleman who ends up becoming the drummer for the band, he shows up and um and he says, I just saw a line of people forming. And so I Oh no, that's not the guy who becomes the drummer. Oh that's just I'm... another random guy. <laughs> okay. Well I'm sorry. It was no, just no, another here. random man. He shows up and he's his line is he says, What are you doing here? You know, he's like, Oh, do you wanna he's like, Do you play any instruments? And he's like, No. And he's like, What are you doing here? And he's like, well, I just saw the line of people for a minute and I thought maybe you had drugs. <laughs> so <laughs> I came so over good. and I was like, I'm here for the honesty. I know, um, exactly. It's like put it all on the table. Because he might have drugs, you don't know. You do not know. And so you I always, mean, if you don't ask for what you want, you don't get it. So 
put it out there. Put it into the universe. You know, if the secret Absolutely. taught us anything. I will say, you know, the secret Jane with that vision board behind her right now. Let's <laughs> see if I can make out what it is. Looks like there's a photo of Annie Potts. Um, <laughs> there is a playbill for um, Phantom of the Opera starring mm-hmm. Sarah Brightman. Um, <laughs> that is such a like niche reference, but I got it. <laughs> like I know who you're talking about. Which is like, <laughs> I feel like that was like 90s, right? Yeah, Sarah that Brightman? was like 80s, right? I don't know. Was she was on like the 80s. original? Was she on the original cast recording? Because I did have the cassette tape. Yeah. Sarah Brightman, okay. yeah, she originated that yeah. role, didn't she? She was Christine. All right, any homosexuals listening, just let us know. Yeah, just let um, us know. Slide into our DMs. Wink. Or or any you any any ladies out there that know what's going on. I do not think we're gonna be getting the answer from any um <laughs> any bros, but if there's a bro that knows If there's a bro that knows, we fucking celebrate you. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. If, if Yo bro. If there's if a bro listening... that knows, we should start a segment of this show called A Bro That Knows and we just like bring up really like classically like gay topics with this self-identified bro and see if he knows oh i think that'd be a really good idea wouldn't that be kind of fun or we like, should have a we... resident bro that we just like do we know any bros well, well that that we'll talk about That's, that off we should have later off, um we um, do offline. or we know we're bro adjacent at least we, we're, bro, we're adjacent. bro adjacent yeah um absolutely no we should find bros we should say that for the other podcast we I know. We got a lot of ideas. This is an idea machine. And we do um, the other one. I have a question for about. you. Yeah, absolutely. Did you... Okay, so one of the commitment ets is quite famous, and I was wondering if you recognized her. The it's... only one that I thought I kind of... I was like, I know her from something, but I don't know what, was Amelda. Oh, okay. She actually is a little famous, too. I don't know her quite as well, but I'm thinking oh. Natalie. Natalie, played by Maria Doyle Marie Kennedy, Doyle Kennedy. Oh. who is my, I, I, I just, I want to give her a moment of shine because I just love her so much. This is the first time I, I've, I ever saw her was in this movie and she's done so much. She shows up in everything. Not only that, she is a musician and has like albums and stuff like that. She's this gorgeous, like very raspy voice that I really love. Um, but she was on Downton Abbey. Um, she was in Orphan Black. She's been in, um, she was in Albert. Oh, it looks like she was in Outlander, which I know you were obsessed with. And I was, I was building up to that. And she is, of course, in my favorite show of all time, Outlander. And so I, she sings a bit on that, on Outlander as well. And she's got, does like a lot of like, um gaelic songs or i think she's only done one i don't know i'm saying a lot but she's and it's like at a funeral and she no, sings she did this... a gaelic she did a gaelic album right i have no idea i'm talking no, about you're just making, outlander you're just making statements so don't you dare she won a gaelic but she's Grammy. got this beautiful like kind of haunting voice when she was singing and she was singing a gaelic song in the background to like the baby at one like point she was singing an orphan black as well There's i just photos love on her, her so much and I just want um, people to, like, recognize her. I just want to give her her moment. I think this is her very first movie. 
and it's only been up from no, there. This was great. Um, she was really good. Angeline Ball, who plays Amelda, she's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, yeah. And then Brana Gallagher, who plays Bernie, mm-hmm. she's also yeah. wonderful. The three of them are great. I like to give mm-hmm. shout outs to all the all the women. I'm not just selective. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's just me. I'm different. I'm different. They were all fantastic. I just wanted to call out Maria Joel Kennedy because I just love her very much. Yeah. Yeah, no. How dare uh, you? No, go off. Go off, Jane. Anyways. Um. So, anyways. <sighs> it's so spicy in here tonight. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Exactly. I was thinking about saying right. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that also one thing that has to be pointed out is Joe, Joey, Joe's mother um, in this movie is, I mean, I don't use the phrase out of control too often, but she's seen things. Um, she she's, has seen things that she can never unsee. She's and that's reflected on, in her makeup. She's given full on baby Jane. Um, oh and, my god, absolutely. And I wonder if this, that was the reference photo for the makeup artist. Or if they were or if it literally just said sex pot and she was like, gotcha. <laughs> and then she showed up Say and no they more. were like, We weren't looking for like turn of the century sex pot. Like <laughs> you're giving us like full on like talky girl. Like <laughs> you look like you were there the first time that sound was introduced to motion pictures. That wasn't what we had in mind, sis, but we'll we'll do what we can with it. We'll, we'll roll those with are, the punches. Those are some was choice that... pantaloons and garters that you're wearing. <laughs> did you um did you see how much the movie cost to make? Because we um, let me see. It was in rubles, actually. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I always. Oh, also, there's a, a also another really famous person in this movie. Oh, so about um about five um about five point four million euros. And so Euro people or... out there who so, uh, pounds, sorry, five point four million oh, okay. pounds. My bad. <laughs> did you see another? Did you recognize another super famous person? Oh, Colm. Yeah. Oh, besides him, yeah, Colm Meany, of course. Um, Why do you call him by his first name? Like, Colm, like, <laughs> like he's in your fucking oh, contacts on your Colm. phone. Yeah, <laughs> phone <yeah>. Colm. <laughs> Tell me something I don't know. Yeah, he was in this movie. Colm. Plays Mr. Rabbit, Jimmy's father, and he's wonderful. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot great. of airtime. He's but underutilized. I really thought he was going to have a bigger is. arc as a character. I thought there was going to be. I I imagined in the from the first scene there was going to be a big like father son like dynamic like, of like his father being like, I "Want you to give up this blasted music? Get back to the factory." <laughs> you know. Well, uh, that's also an interesting thing too because like I don't know much about Ireland at this time, but it seems like so they are in from what I understand they're in northern the north side of Dublin, which is very working class and this is all I'm getting from this movie. And I think the job market there's a a scene where they're um online to or queued up to get um like uh unemployment and stuff which is like oh man back in the day you used to have to show up every two weeks to get your check nightmare um but (laughs) i'm just wondering like it sounds like the state of why are you laughing at me it was just like (laughs) 
Jane couldn't be bothered. I just like that. Like, <laughs> that I couldn't be bothered. Look, if I had to show like, up, I oh. would. I'm just saying it's easier not to. It was the way that you said, what a nightmare. It's like they have a choice. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, but probably like, but like compared to what? Like not. Com- well, not- compared to right now where all you do is you like go online, certify, and they direct deposit into your I account. I just imagine Jane like showing up and like a fur with like her hair fully done and like makeup on just like running into people and being like oh, hello but um we didn't no, I, I agree with you this is where we're at so anyway um you said that you thought that you said there was another famous person in the movie mm-hmm. uh i i don't know i'm looking through this cast the guitarist with the curly carrot top glenn hansard i think his name is yeah, Glenn Hansard or Hansard. Do you remember oh, that? Okay. Do you remember that movie Once that came out about like busking Irish people? I didn't people? see it, but yeah, vaguely, yeah. <clears throat> it was like really famous and I think like won some Oscars or was nominated or whatever. And so he was um he I think he wrote and starred in it and played a lot of the music. Um and then I think it went to I think it I think they turned it into a Broadway show. I can't remember specifically, but um, it was a big deal in like the mid to later aughts. I think it was like 2007 or 2008 or something like that. Um, but I remember when that first came out, I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? And I remember them looking up and being like, oh, that's the guy from The Commitment. So that's just kind of crazy. And I don't know what he's up to now. Probably just counting his Probably dollar cashing bills. checks. Yeah, <laughs> not sitting in unemployment like like uh, some people on this podcast. I have a job. So anyway, <laughs> um, so going back to Joe's mom, the RKO darling, um, she uh is at the at her home and they're having the rehearsal. The three women who will become the commitmentettes are, they show up for the rehearsal and the rehearsal is happening behind the house in like, I don't know what it is exactly, but they have to, but they have to climb a ladder over like a brick wall and then there's a space up these stairs. So I don't know if it's like a garage, like, like this, like a maid's quarter sort of space above a garage or something like that, but it doesn't look like a pl- an, an inhabitable place like it looks like a, a shed or something it may be like a, a shed or something i just thought it was yeah. weird that, like you have to climb it may not be maybe it's not <laughs> their property but they have to I climb over was. this ladder to get to where they are and like the mom is like they come in and they're like oh we're here for the rehearsal and the mom sort of points to the backyard and then they like go out the back door and they're in like the backyard and she's like okay right around there and they're like okay and she's like a little bit further climb that ladder <laughs> And she's, like, watching them with this smile on her face, which is, like, I would not be going over that fence. I'd be, like, I don't know who you are. I'd be, like, this feels like a poor choice. This feels like when you're watching a horror movie and you see someone trust someone they shouldn't. When a woman looks that terrifying, you have to think, is Tiny Tim going to be on the other side of this ladder? Exactly. Also, there's this moment when he goes over to Bernie's house um, because Bernie's missing rehearsals, and Bernie's taking care of like her her mother's brood of children. I know um, there's so <laughs> many so children, many kids. It's like stop. and Bernie's like a grown person. Yeah, like, definitely Bernie's in an her adult, 20s. and she's yeah. like taking care of like a hundred infant 
her infant siblings and it's like yeah, this mother needs like, to stop having children i hate I to tell know. women what to do with their bodies but oh my god girl you if you gotta stop also i just it's like i'm sorry this is all so like elitist but it's it is like but it's just like it's not her job to take care of your kids like she like literally can't live her life like what's going I on know. she's like i'm working and then i'm just coming home and taking care of like my siblings and mm-hmm. and the thing was when i first saw the kid i was like oh bernie has a child i didn't know and then i realized that they're not her kids <laughs> they're not her kids and her mother is like currently pregnant and it's like yeah, oh my god girl like, can yeah. you ask daddy to at least pull out if you're not gonna i know irish catholics don't really like oh. birth control <laughs> can you ask daddy to pull out that is one of the most vile phrases i've ever heard it's so gross oh i just imagine her like i genuinely on her cannot believe i just said that and being like why is she sitting on her father's knee she's in her 20s well, it's easier to give medicine sometimes a little bit of sugar so maybe she's like <laughs> And she's like, Daddy, would you mind pulling out a mom a little bit before you, Daddy, before, you meet your, before you meet your glory? What is meeting your glory? Uh, orgasm. Oh, <laughs> that was so beautiful. I missed it. Did you? It was so. Be- it was such a beautiful description of jizzing that I didn't um, didn't quite clock it. Daddy, before you put your period on your sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Could you pull out maybe at the last word? <laughs> you know, I think maybe he'd respond better to that. Also, so when he's on his way up in the elevator to see Bernie since she's been missing rehearsals, um, I also love, I love that like Jimmy is like, Jimmy is so out of control always. He's always I know, trying to fire he's so... people. He's always trying to fire people from this band that nobody's getting paid to be in. It's like, I know. know, it's like, you can't um, fire me. I'm not being paid. You can't fire me. I, I have no no financial incentive to be a part of this. Um, but he's getting he's on this elevator on the way up, and there's just this kid with a horse. I and know. He's downstairs, and he's got this whole ass horse. He's living a full Shetland pony fantasy. And I do he's... love the con- the contrast of like having like a bunch of like um like modern day stuff or at least modern in the 90s and then just like horses all around it makes you very much feel the energy of like a very very old european city that's modernized as well it's like that you know dichotomy it was like two worlds sort of like colliding you know yeah mm-hmm. it reminds me of you know sort of like it's very like hometown glory you know the the song by adele yeah <clears throat> no i'm not gonna sing it but (laughs) i know this is i know you want to so please no 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 i don't actually that's not a song that i feel comfortable with um but you know anyway that so that is um that is kind of the vibe i get of this very sort of like imperfect place but it's got this sort of magic to it because it's like the place that you grew up and I think like they do a really good job of showing like when you think as Americans I think when we think about Ireland we always think of like rolling green hills and you know um red potato famine sure well yeah that comes up from time to time but I was thinking more of like the visual images we have of Ireland which is like you know um sheep running free on these rolling green hills you know um a, a red-headed child the ira like a gorgeous irish sweater or 
Yeah, I mean, of course those things exist as well. Um, but uh, one thing this movie does is it doesn't show us any of that expected Irish scenery. You're in the city and you're in the grittiest part of the city and you're walking through mud and dirt and you have these beautiful cobblestone streets but you also have, you know, a burning trash can or, you know, um, unattended children just running amok. And so it was, um, it was a, a view of Dublin that I feel like also when you think of like the city of Dublin, you think of like, you know, um, Those bombings Trini- in the 70s. I, I was thinking like Trinity College and like, um, you know, um, St. Patrick's Cathedral and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that stuff too. Shamrock Shakes. <laughs> that is like... Actually, did you guys have Shamrock Shakes in the South? What do you mean? For McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah, duh. Okay, well, I'm just saying I did. We didn't. I don't know why I got so. I don't know why you came in so hot with that. I don't know. I thought next you were going to ask us if we had the McRib. (laughs) No, it's just I didn't. So it's for those people who are not in a part of the country that has shamrock shakes. Which oh, do some people not have? Yes, baby, that's where I'm coming from. I'm sorry, I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I've never known that. Yeah, and it's embarrassing and it's showing. You know, where April came around and I couldn't. Head on over to, you know, the local, you know, McDonald's and and just walk up to the counter and say, give me a free shamrock shake, boy. <laughs> boy. Yeah, that and wasn't. they gave it to me. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't something that was available and I didn't find out about it. Okay, first of all, Dave just pointed out our holiday is in March, which I think he's just, is he just, <laughs> first this of is all, a white, white yeah, shut holiday. up. First of all, second of all, <laughs> claiming it. Dave, all are you? Dave, are you I've Irish? I've Is any never part... ever heard Dave claim any sort of like? Dave, of do you have Irish heritage? I'm sure he does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, he does. Absolutely do. So we have a friend who like has like very very deep roots in I- in their Irish heritage, and they t- they're very you know grew up very Irish Catholic have like a very Irish family and all that kind of stuff. I have never once heard Dave mention it. It's because Dave doesn't like. <laughs> it's because Dave knows that that shit's kind of. Never mind. I'm gonna get in well, trouble. It's like weird. <laughs> no, no, no. You white people get about like. <laughs> I no, I don't even. Not you, but I mean, like white people in general. Sometimes y'all get a little. You don't have. You don't have to not me on the. I understand what you mean. It's okay. I. I don't want. I I don't want to make you feel like you have to say not you when you're talking about white people. That's okay. Why no? You don't. You only claim them sometime when you're on the when you're on a group call with David Duke. It's a different energy. I have to be quiet. And that one time you told me to put a sheet. You told me to put the blanket over my head so you didn't see me in the corner. And then you're all, hey, Dee Dee, how are you? (laughs) Dee Dee. That's why I fired you from the paint texture company that I that I had because you were you were that girl. Paint texture. When I was doing those walls, I thought I thought it was a textile company. What was the textile company? A paint texture. It doesn't matter. Whatever I call it, I call it millions of dollars. All right, I call it revenue, ma. That's what I call it. I call it number two on Angie's list for several years. (laughs) (laughs) Only several though, but yeah, that's what I. Don't want to go crazy. I, was, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about. We have like fully gone off the rails around here. 
Um, I also, I love that Micah, Mika, he ends up becoming a part of the band. He is the, the, he's the doorman for their first, like, professional, like, production. And well, it's the first gig. I wouldn't say well. Professional. It's a, it's a, it's a production is a bit much. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he, it was but like at a community center. <laughs> it's like at a community center. But he's the doorman. But in, but instantly, you know that like he is like not putting up with nonsense from anybody. No, he's um, like scary. He will fight he's, you. He's scary, and he's literally like chasing children. But it's funny because there's like this whole bit in the scene where Jimmy keeps having to like go like deal with people. Jimmy is the manager. He's in charge of like the sound and everything. And every time he leaves the sound, one of these kids like comes up and starts messing with it. And then Jimmy sho- Jimmy like ends up shoving the kids out of the way, which is so funny. One thing I do <laughs> love about this movie, I love it in films where like they leave certain things open-ended and mm-hmm. like you never really get a resolution, but you don't really care. And mm-hmm. You don't really need it. Like I love like when they get they get all of this um they get all this equipment that they borrow from this uh, this guy, and it's like they're borrowing. Who doesn't it. seem like it's all you know? Um, oh, everything's not like he's up paying up. his taxes or. Yeah, no, he's not. He's just like you. So um, <laughs> he is. Uh, he he comes. He starts coming around after the band is still not that successful. I don't know why he's coming around like they've got a record deal, and he's I just know. like, "Hey, I need all my money." And, and then it's so funny to me because the first scene he asked Jimmy for the money, the first time we see him, we don't, I mean, the story, who knows how many times he's asked, but he shows up at one of their first gigs and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I want my money. And Jimmy's like, I don't really have it yet. And he's sort of like, okay, I want my, I want my money though. And then he leaves. And then like the next time we see him, he shows up at another gig and then he's like, he's like got, got goons with him. And, like, they are ready to, like, <laughs> take Jimmy out. And they just, like, grab him and start roughhousing him in the middle of the bar. And it's like, I didn't see any sort of escalation. <laughs> it would have been nice to get a second time where maybe he popped up, so at least I see it's building. It was just like, this came out of nowhere. You were totally fine with it the last time we saw you. He told you he didn't have the money. You were like, okay. Little did I know that you were like, bet. <laughs> the shit was boiling under the surface. Boiling well, over. that's the thing, too, I find in this movie. People are very quick to bring, to, to bring, bring it to fisticuffs, as they say. There is a very quick... Uh, <laughs> sort of a knee-jerk reaction to start fighting and it's like i think about my myself and how i would literally do absolutely anything to 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 avoid a physical fight and it seems like people that's the first that's the first move is that they just start fucking punching each other yeah no no i mean words come second and that's only sometimes (laughs) um The other thing I wanted to note was that when the band gets together, they've got this idea in the spirit of all of these great soul bands mm-hmm. um, to wear suits. So they're all wearing these like these black suits, which they look very nice in. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a really like cohesive look. Like, Love it. Everybody looks the same. You've got a costume that you know you have that you're mm-hmm. going to be wearing. It's uniform for the group. It creates like, it just helps to create this sort of sense of like, you know, professional professionalism Community. and like a vision. And it also harkens back to, like, you know, a previous time. And so it's got this sort of nostalgic vibe to it. And it sort of creates this, yeah, unique identity. It gives you distinction. And um, the girls are all wearing these wonderful black dresses. Every Mm -hmm. girl's dress is a little bit different. We've got an off-the-shoulder moment. We've got a sleeveless moment. So that was really wonderful. There's this, but like, there's this huge fight when like he shows up at the second gig. The guy who wants his money for letting them borrow the like band equipment, 
And then, like, at this point, Micah, who was, like, the doorman, has now taken over for the drummer who quit the band because he could not get along with Deco. And I, Dave pointed out, he, like, shows up at, like, they're doing, like, their first sort of, like, photo shoot. He shows up, the drummer, and he's like, I'm out. I can't do it. I'm going to end up getting in a fight with him. And, like, as Dave said, why can't we just arrange, like, a talk? Like, why, like, why is it literally, first of all, Jimmy didn't, like, take his didn't Jimmy didn't seem to be taking his concerns seriously, which is annoying. It's like I'm I'm not in, I'm not feeling great about like our working environment. And Jimmy's just like, oh, just take the piss out of him when he takes the piss out of you. And he's like, I don't want that to be my life. Like I don't want to just right. keep going back and forth with him, you know. And we're all working for free, and it's like I'm not in a good place. And Jimmy just like starts kicking his like van, and he's like, piss off. And it's just like no in between, huh? We got no. And it's like, like Jimmy, but also Jimmy, this is your job. Like your job is to like yeah. make manage get manage manage everything, and that means manage feelings in the band, manage gigs, manage to get you know um, well, the buzz like, going. Yeah, but let's he, he's he's not focused on Fuck keeping off. the peace. He just and so really the dissolution of this band kind of falls on Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Because anytime they complain to him, he's like, oh, fuck off, all he is. And the thing, too, is, like, they're, uh, they are so, uh, maybe this is an Irish thing, I don't know, but everyone is, like, so fucking mean to each other, and it's just, like, the, the they're just spitting, like, venom at each other all the time, but then it's, like, fine. Like, you know what I mean? No, like, like, vitriol the is they, always on the menu. <laughs> And, like, you can always get got. And, like, it is it is all the time. And you are right. That is actually, like, a very astute observation, surprisingly, from you about just the way that, like, the band... Fuck off! <laughs> no, the way that the band operates. So it's like, Jimmy can't be bothered. Although it's like, you don't understand how, like, your dream of, like, creating, like, a band that is successful. That's the most... Imp- it's like, Jimmy has his eyes so focused on, like, the fame and the fortune aspect of it. That he's mm-hmm. not thinking about the road to getting there and how everything that he right. does now is going to set them up down the road for like, um, like a winning moment, and so and like set so... the tone for how the band interacts with each other too. Oh, for sure, and like and how we're going to like treat each other in while backstage and while in rehearsals and while on the stage. If you don't mm-hmm. want to be around each other, other than that, that's fine. But like, no, like Jimmy doesn't do that, and like, there's a frequent there's frequent montage like not montages, but there's frequent cutaways to Jimmy like in the bathroom like talking to himself or in the bathtub or washing his face and he has these moments where he's being interviewed by people in his you know in his mind and he's living this like fantasy of like this life of like you know wealth and opulence and like he's and, really and like his own fame which i think is like re- really one of interesting my, one of my notes is that like how often does the manager of a band become famous along with the bands? Like maybe back in the fifties or sixties that happened a little bit more frequently, but most of the time you don't know who fucking manages the band. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, he's trying to have like, I feel like he's trying to have like a, uh, like a Brian Epstein moment. Um, but it's like, I don't know <laughs> Wait, if that's who, your fate. Who is Brian Epstein? He was the manager of the Beatles. See, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I yeah, can name every um, Beatle, but I don't know who the fuck Brian Epstein is. But I, I understand what you mean. I'm sure he was probably a very um, a manager at the forefront of, you know. But that was a different. But that was a different time period. And you right. are right. Like it's not always the case. You can't. Everybody can't be. A it's Chris almost Jenner. never. Everybody can't be a Dana Lohan. They can try. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? It's 
Dino, Dino. Mohan? I know. I, I really, I was 50-50 and I, I made it. <laughs> but, I mean. Also known, also known affectionately as White Oprah, apparently. Oh, God. There was an episode of Drag Race where the two <laughs> girls had to lip sync to Rumors by Lindsay Lohan. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, that's amazing. so good i love that song oh she's she's tired of rumors um but uh yeah so that also the other thing that i noticed there's a scene in this movie when they get their first like the like a gig that's gonna take them away from like their sort of town and their their area where they sort of exist and live and navigate so they have to get like a vehicle so they mm-hmm. they steal oh, like a food truck and I, I, think it's my the, is, I think it's a food truck that Bernie works for, works in. Yeah, I, she, yes, yeah, yeah. She's really worried about it. And I, I wrote down mm-hmm. my notes, the world's first food truck, um, because that was where it started in that moment. Also, there's a moment where they're in the their food truck, they're driving. I, it's one of those movies, too, where you keep thinking something worse is going to happen, and it never does. And I love that in movies, because it's almost so radical to not take one of those, like, red herrings and actually, like, fully... You know what I mean? Sorry, can you say that again? I missed the beginning of it. I, I was just saying, like, are you going to listen now? <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I was just going to say, I was just saying, like, in the like, there's moments in movies where they take predictable paths where, where there's, like, mm-hmm. a million different things that can lead to a problem. Like, mm-hmm. I kept thinking, like, like when they all get in the van and Bernie's worried about them getting in the van or, mm-hmm. and, or the food truck and, like, taking it to this concert. And then I'm like, oh, they're going to get in a car accident. And it's like, no, oh, they didn't. And then there's a the yeah. moment where the guy shows up at the gig the second time and he's roughing up um, Jimmy. And then, like, Micah jumps out of the van. He's playing drums and he jumps out and just starts beating the crap out of these three dudes. <laughs> and then I'm, and then the guy says, you know, this isn't the last time. I'll, I'll see you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill Jimmy. And it's like, none of those <laughs> things happen. But it's yeah, like, I it's think like, that was the last time we saw that dude. It was. But it's just like, there's all those moments I think, like, I feel like s- directors sometimes, it's like, that's what they like. Like, it's like, oh, I, I was like, Jimmy's going to die. That's how this is going to end. <laughs> No, but it's, it's like, like the loop moments. is opened and it's never quite closed. But it's know? also like, yeah, let's leave it open ended like it is in life. Of course, you know that guy. Exactly. Gone, whatever. Um, yeah, and maybe just... maybe the guy goes after Jimmy for the money after the band breaks up, and he has no fucking way to pay him, and he has to literally suck his dick once a week in order to pay off his debt. And he oh, says, "God, we know how Jane's keeping track of her ledgers." <laughs> he Ugh, said, God. "Daddy, just make sure you pull out." <laughs> Everybody hated it. Cut. <laughs> I hated that. Ugh, Everybody I hate... hated it. Ugh, Cut it. God, don't don't awful. leave that. So don't awful. leave that. God, I just oh, leave it. <laughs> the problem that I run into so often is One of that <laughs> we record this and like Dave isn't even on the screen. It's just you and me. I'm in my little room. You're in my little. You're in your little room, and like. I just forget that other people are going that to That it's not just us eventually. talking to each other. If you can start some of the conversation. This is like, this is, oh my God. Can you imagine, can you imagine a conversation between two people where the words, that I, this isn't how I feel. It's either this isn't how I feel or don't hold this against me or don't think differently or don't think worse of me after I say this, but, or I know we're not allowed to, I know this is politically correct. <laughs> But <laughs> this might be problematic, but <laughs> and you like check to make sure the windows are closed and the door is locked, and then we share our horrible opinions about something. Yeah, um, we so... <laughs> and like this, this is the best version of us, and I'm sorry for that. 
Yeah, I am is... too. And I'm <laughs> trying is... to find new friends, but I mean, it's 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 hard fought. I will say that um, finding a new path when you've when you've been in the soup that is this this toxic uh, kinship for so long, um, <laughs> we're broken for many people in the world. Or there is a third person there, and you say something, and then you look at them to be like, "Are they gonna kill me?" Oh, um, God. <laughs> but uh, there also was this really funny moment that was really small, but I don't remember the character's name. But the, the guy I was talking about earlier who, like, loans Jimmy all this equipment. Oh, I don't uh, know his name either, but he's, it's Curly Mullet. He had a Curly, Curly mullet. mullet. When Curly Mullet's walking in to go try and get his money from Jimmy, and it's like they're skating, and this girl grabs onto his arm because she almost falls because he's, like, walking through this area where these kids are, like, skating, it looks like. Oh, you know I what I'm talking see? about? Not ice skating, it looked roller skating, it looked like. Oh. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were just walking, but it looked like they were skating. But she walks <laughs> by him, and she almost falls, and she grabs his arm to hold herself up. And then the actress, like, walks off, and you can see her just, like, laughing. And it's clearly the actress just smiling, because she made a mistake. And he, like, looks at her kind of with this look like, I'm trying to stay in character. Um, there's a really funny I totally missed moment. that. I, I love those kind of takes. It. When you, it's the scene when he's when he's going to confront Jimmy the first time about the money and he walks in. Oh. It's, a really, it's just a little like funny moment. Um, also, there's a moment where there's like this, um, there is a, uh, the reporter who goes to the first concert, he gives them a, mm. a very, very nice mention in the newspaper. And mm-hmm. then Jimmy finds him and he's at like the scene of like where a crime has happened. There's oh a, God dead horse on uh, the road dead horse with his tongue hanging out and um i want to ask you how do you yeah. think they got that name that happened that's that scene okay so i want to believe they gave him a little pill to just put him in the sleepy poo for for a couple shots no oh. <laughs> i want to believe that it's fake like a like a replica like they built of a, a fake horse, horse. Like, it's like, because if, if you look at it, it doesn't look very real. It's also covered, I, like, part of it is covered by a, um, by, like, by a, a sheet or, like, a Which is why I believe it's, like, they made it out of, like, papier-mâché. <laughs> oh, papier-mâché? I, I was going to say, I can't believe you're not roasting me for saying papier-mâché. <laughs> papier-mâché. That sounds like the name of, like, some, like, some, like, nouveau, like, art group that you'd be a part of. <laughs> why me papier mache that sounds like that sounds like a, 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 a name of like a really annoying improv troupe hi we're papier mache and we'd love to have a suggestion from the audience hey we're papier mache we're gonna piece this together <laughs> um yeah um, so I don't know I was looking up information I couldn't find anything on if that horse was real I can tell you're googling sh- it which is why I stopped talking that all I, that all it takes? <laughs> um, no, but I looked it up and I couldn't find anything because there's two horse moments. Everything's about that horse in the elevator. Everybody's obsessed with the live one, but they don't want to talk about the dead one. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> no, sure. nobody. Yeah, I are you by your question? Are you suggesting that they either found a dead horse and decided to film around it, or they killed the horse? I, <laughs> you, you should see. So it does seem like you're... a lot for a scene, though. <laughs> I don't think... But how do you line up a dead horse for a scene like that? 
Well, that's why like I think the, it's made. Do you go made. to the Blue Factory? And like... I think it's like a plaster of Paris thing. Okay. Here we the go. glue market. From a Shay fantasy. <laughs> um, I didn't know like a like a glue purveyor maybe. See if they have any dead horses in the back they haven't used. You're a monster. Those majestic creatures. Beautiful they use creatures. them to make glue. <laughs> do they? They don't still do that. Do they not still do that? I don't. I don't think they still do. Did that. they do that when we were kids? Dave, can you let us know how glue is made? Do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> when you were this when you were a kid? Did you used to do that thing where you put a thin layer of Elmer's glue on your hand? Of and you let course, it dry, I did. And you peel it off. And then I you peel it off. So okay, cool. so the vibe was to try to peel it off in one sheet. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I just didn't know. Multiple pieces. Well, some oh. people would like roll it up into balls, and I was like, you are missing the fucking point here, You're buddy. You're missing the point, dummy. <laughs> I would always do it right you before fucking recess. You fucking idiot. <laughs> so that I could like let it dry through most of recess. And then like <laughs> deal with it right at the end. Oh my God. I'm happy we didn't know each other's children. We would have been such a messy pair. <laughs> The thing well, is, is that the thing is, is that I feel like you have a leg to stand on because you can say all this crazy shit, but then you're like, "Well, I'm getting my PhD. I'm literally going to be Dr. Brandon Greenhouse," and I have no. <laughs> it's like because you are like a very educated person, people are like, "Oh, that's fun and quirky," and with me, it's like <laughs> that dumb bitch peeling glue off her hands. I don't think any, no. I'm not, I don't think any of that. I think that like. I think that I just have these thoughts when we're talking about movies from this time period and I remember certain things and, you know, I just give Wistfully. over to my memories. And most of the time in normal life, I'd probably be like, ooh, let me suppress that, you know, let me not share that with the world. But gosh darn it, you know, I'm going to let my freak flag fly. You know, and we love once. it. We love that we get to experience that with you and celebrate um, you. Thank you, Jane. Um, I love you too and I support you. And I don't care what you do. I'm still going to be there. <laughs> Uh, but so I wondered about the horse being killed. I also thought it was really funny towards the end of the movie. Joey's like, I have this connection to Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett's coming to town. They're oh, going to try yeah. and like set it up so that they can like perform. They can do like an after show. Set a jam Wilson, session. A jam session with Wilson Pickett, which is like incredible. Which um, is like just not, it's like this local band gets to do that. I don't know. Feels thin. And, but also Jimmy's like. Jimmy's fully all in on this and he's telling everybody and the confidence oh with which he delivers this information to people. Like and everybody keeps makes saying, you, you know sure? that it's not gonna happen. <laughs> he's like and he's like, absolutely. Like I've never been sure of anything in my life. Like Wilson Pickett is Wilson Pickett is literally taking a shower right now in my bathroom. Wilson Pickett is obsessed with us and our band, and we've had so many personal interactions and we've we've jammed ourselves outside of stage but we're gonna do it for you with an audience for people because i'm so confident that um he is the biggest fan of the commitments to ever exist i personally asked wilson pickett to refrain from having an orgasm and i called him daddy so i think that we are basically family um yeah and so it's just funny and everybody keeps checking him even band members being like he's coming and like to you the moment that you were talking about earlier about how mean they can be to each other there's a moment when they're when they're upstairs right before everything falls apart it's the big blow up and then the band sort of disbands after this but there's a moment where they're upstairs after the after the initial sort of set and they're they're waiting to, to find out if they're gonna do an encore if wilson's actually gonna show up what's going on he's not there jimmy comes up um and then bernie says 
Um, Bernie says, hey, do you know if we're going to be able to play with Wilson Pickett? And then Amelda goes, you didn't know who Wilson Pickett was a month ago, you fat slob. <laughs> and like, it's just like, them is fighting words. <laughs> Did like, she call becomes, her a fat slob? Yeah, she oh does. And like, the two of them start going at it. And then it's just like, there's no going back from here. But I also just You're love so, like... I, I thought love, you guys were like BFF too. I also love somebody calling somebody out on like being like like being newly on some trend. It's I just know. like it's it's so funny. It's such a particular part. It's a it's such a particular brand of shade. Yes. Because I think like why as there's some particularly within the world of music, there is this like pressure to feel like you discovered something before someone else, or you're more knowledgeable about a certain artist, or you've always known how talented somebody is. And Jane's then coming for me right now. So, I am not no, this has nothing to do with you because actually you you and I are both, I think, very like open to we, you and I share a lot of music too. And so But I know I know what this is. No, this isn't. No, I know what you think this is about. This isn't about this. I, I promise okay. you. I, this is this is how I've always felt about. Um, I, I call it mu- like music elitists, where people who instead of sharing information about like a wonderful artist that they know, um, or inst- instead of. Um, you know, being excited to share that with you, they instead make you feel like shit that you haven't heard about it yet. And it's like... Oh, that's awful. F- no, yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, like, I hate when people do that. It's like, so, I haven't... There are so many artists there. I'm sorry I haven't had the same musical journey as you. But, like, I would love to know about this person if you can shut the fuck up and stop judging me that I don't know who they are. Thank you very much. It's, it's a, I know... Yeah. And I know where you thought I was going to go, but I, that's not what I was going to do. <laughs> and we can leave it. We can leave it on the floor. <laughs> Ugh, so anyway, I was just... <laughs> so anyway, I was going to say, I. it's the same thing with movies when people like are like... It, and sometimes totally. I know it's genuine, though. Sometimes I know that a person is genuinely shocked that you haven't heard of something. But it's that right. thing of like, you know, somebody's like... Oh my God! You've never seen Beauty and the Beast. It's well, this like, is this different... is exactly what our a podcast is like created for. Yeah, you've got to yeah you've got to watch this thing. I mean, granted, I mean if you're like, oh my God, you've never seen Raging Bull, that's a little different mm-hmm. than oh my God, have you never seen The Lion King, bro? Um, but like straight up, I've never seen Raging Bull. By the way, <laughs> I thought you were about to say you've never seen The Lion King. Of course, I've seen the like, fucking oh Lion my... King. God. Um, yeah, but that I makes also way think... more sense to me than like <laughs> the Lion King. I could not have accepted. I'm sorry. Like, how did that you make have it been out of your true. childhood? That would have yeah. been like, how did you make it out of your childhood without seeing that movie? Because yeah, that would have been wasn't like so really you a choice. That would have been like so you were Amish. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what like, in not... the rumspringa is going on here today that you thought you could talk like that? We have plenty of Irish brethren and sisters out there. Ahoy, by you, the way. If you're you listening. said Irish when I think you meant Amish. I, it's because I'm caught up in this movie. My my jokes are crap. Wait, I want to address that I was not um, disparaging any of the um, any of our Amish 
listeners. But I'm just saying, you know, there's a... She um... said what she said. If you have any <laughs> butter that you want to bring to me, Ooh. if you have... Mm. I know that they yum, make yum, delicious yum. butter. They make mm-hmm. delicious jams. Mm-hmm. They have um they have really delicious eggs as well. If any of that, if you guys have any food, they oh, have those do delicious they? like do they have they? delicious chickens and not all Amish, Brandon. Yeah, that's not true. If you don't have any of these things and you are Amish, then like good on you. <laughs> but like this part isn't for you. If you do have any of these things and you want to give them to me to eat, bring it on home to me. In the words of the incomparable Sam Cook, who was one of the many people that was references work in this movie explored in this movie <laughs> um i'm here for it and jane i would like to say to you you're a very um cold distant um <laughs> uh, emotionally bankrupt mm. woman and mm. i think what could help you is if you would try a little tenderness mm. you, know? you know she may be weary <laughs> But, but young girls, <laughs> they do get weary. They do get weary. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing um, that same old shaggy dress. <laughs> okay, well, I will ask you this because we talked about this last week, and you were like, "I was it I, actually?" I I can't remember if we talked about it in person or on the podcast, but um, <clears throat> you don't really like covers of "Try a Little Tenderness," and I was mm. wondering, did you like this version of it? No. Really? I like this version of it. Um, I just like his voice so much. And um, it's unfortunate. No, it was no, it was nice. I, I liked um I, I liked Midnight Hour. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I didn't I, I didn't dislike it. It was fine. It just wasn't as good as Otis Redding's version to me. Well, I mean, there's never going to be anything as good as Otis Redding's version of that song. You've done I... you've done some stuff. You've done some Otis Redding covers <laughs> that I've heard. That and I it... fully thought it was Otis for a minute. Well, I'm removing myself from the equation because obviously it's Otis and that's me and then it's Jane's done a lot of else. like a lot of great vocal stuff. Jane was actually the voice mm-hmm. of McGruff, the crime-fighting dog, for a number of years. <laughs> and uh, closed a lot of cases. So One uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> shout out to ABC, 25 years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, I did like a lot of a, a lot of the covers I thought were I thought were good and I was able to just sort of like I liked a lot more. I think the the more um, the lesser known some of the lesser known songs it was a bit more um, successful for me. But uh, yeah. yeah, I did mm-hmm. and I liked his voice. I did think he had a really nice mm-hmm. like growl and he had a lot of control over it, yeah. which is like hard because a lot of singers who have that you feel like they're like destroying their voices, but I always felt like he was in control. He has a lot of yeah. power. And um, mm-hmm. the 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 three um, the three commitmentettes also they each had like a solo moment. I thought they had really lovely voices. Mm-hmm. I would say my Me personal too. favorite is probably Amelda. I guess I'm an Amelda um, stan. Um, I really oh interesting. I really like. I'm a um, Natalie stan. I really liked, I liked her um, Angeline Bye-bye. Ball. I see you. I see you, sis. I see the work mm-hmm. that you're putting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I see everything that you've been doing on the mm-hmm. on the front. You know the movement. Um, I see you in those BLM protests and the work. It's it's not for naught. I'll say that. Um, and I can't wait to to make it there so that we can break some really delicious bread together um, in mm. one of those uh, 
rolling countrysides. I think that'd be really nice. And um, beautiful. I got a pint of Guinness with your name on it, Angie. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, um, but um, yeah, there's a lot of like fun moments in this movie. Yeah, I thought it, it, there's very there's a lot of it, a like it's so many good accents. I love that is like such a draw to I me. Agree. Yeah, no, yeah. Some some really funny lines. Like there's just that like you know classic dry Irish wit. You know. One thing I will also say that's really funny to me in movies. I love it when everybody has really thick accents. And like yes. one, and then like one person will be like, "Oh, did you hear the way he talked?" It's like I don't know what the hell any of y'all are saying. Like, <laughs> but I like that you, you think you could roast him. Um, oh, I had to turn also full on had to turn subtitles on. I don't know. I mean, what I was watch everything on. with subtitles, anyways. But I uh, yeah, you do so... like which is so odd to me. We've I'm not had coming this for conversation. You, I'm sorry. But no, of yeah. course not. No, of course not. No, it's just surprising. But yeah, <laughs> no, you do. You keep those subtitles on, and most of the time I'm like, "What's going on?" But a lot of the times when I need them, I'm happy that they're there. I will say that. Exactly. Because I feel like, okay, so, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm sorry if I have, but also <laughs> we're going to repeat shit because we have terrible memories. But um, it having the subtitles on, A, ensures that I don't miss anything, and B, provides context sometimes for things. So, like, sometimes you will miss some somebody you could hear someone shouting in the background right and you won't hear exactly what they say and it, unless you have the subtitles on and so that can provide context for a certain situation a, a lot of times too like the spelling of something helps me figure out what they mean um there's just a million situations where having the subtitles on has become super helpful for me so just providing context for what I'm watching. And so I, it's just become a habit to keep them on. And I, oh. I, I, I like, I, sometimes they're not on and I don't think to turn them on, but I would say 95% of the time I watch stuff with subtitles. And I like to know oh. how characters name are, character names are spelled too. That's for some reason significant to me. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know why. But I mean, I like it sometimes when I'm over and that there's something that I'm about to miss or there's action mm -hmm. happening or something or, you know, whatever. Or you're just screaming about something. I was going to say, it's this. important at my house because I feel like we always have someone over at my house and everyone stays chatting. And sometimes, you know, I'm yeah. trying to get... <laughs> Jane's, sometimes Jane just has to... She has her little, her little <laughs> moments away, she calls them, where she just sort of stares at the wall and just screams for a while. And I'm just... <laughs> do the best That's I a, can. To it's just, a perk you know. of being my guest, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, sleep paralysis, it takes on all sorts of um, forms. So, And it's, hers. you know, and it's something that's not studied en enough. So, <sighs> write your senator, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, finally. Um, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the movie. And it was yeah. a lot of fun. Well... I'm. I don't know if I, I. I wonder if I know the answer to this now after talking to you. But would you watch this movie again? I'd watch it again with you. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you watched it. Um. Yeah. I'm. I, I'm also really glad that I watched it again too because again seeing it through um, a more informed lens this time was significant for me. I think. But 
I mean, I will always have love for this movie and the band itself. No, it has like a special place in your heart. And I get why you why you love it so much too. And I mm-hmm. did not hate it by any means. Like mm-hmm. I did I did like the character development and I like the journey that everybody went on and everything. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a movie that like spoke to me like mm-hmm. intensely like some of the other movies probably that you've suggested. But I didn't mm-hmm. I mean I enjoyed it for what it was. And I also I love you and I know like I like knowing that this is something that matters to you makes it something that is worthwhile for me to like explore and i feel like you know it tells me a little bit about you that's like a big part of the podcast for me too is like yeah you know through seeing these movies i feel like i'm able to like connect with you in new and different ways so yeah same here yeah, yeah. no don't don't piggyback off my answer <laughs> come up with your own find a way to be the person that you claim to be on i your, can love on you brandon and, your... and you can keep batting it away but it's standing you right in front the of you the here's looking at you Dee. drink from my cup. grand grand master wizard <laughs> um jane's as jane calls you baby boy apparently Ew. um <laughs> it's just it's awful and it's something that i feel like we need to talk about more you have your hands in the pockets of an organization that does unconscionable things Hey, for by the way, and if you're getting to the end of this podcast and you don't know Brandon and I personally, I just want to let you know I have no ties to the KKK or David Duke. Oh, <laughs> I just I need it said. Them's big words. <laughs> them's uh, them's big words for a clan girl. As a as a queer half Jewish woman, they wouldn't have me. And also, what is that? Dave just okay. goes, what? Dave literally from the other room just goes, what's a clan girl? <laughs> and no none idea. of us know. Oh. Although you do know if so, if you know if you if I, you were I in do Alabama know. and like you were at like, I don't know, you were eating like fried alligator tail at some <laughs> at some place and someone wants up to you and she's like, I'm Shirley, I'm a clan girl. You would know exactly you know, what that meant. You know you'd exactly like, oh, God, what that meant. <laughs> you'd be like, Shirley, I'm going to need you to step away from the table. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like, oh, no, 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 good for you, good for you. No, I don't have any problem with it. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, girl, you do you. It's all, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> I'm a clan girl. You like them tater tails? You like, you like them gator tails? We got you. Clan girl, through and through. Um. Oh, anyways, yikes. since we're done slandering me. I didn't want that to be how this ended, but you know. <laughs> but you here we are. Ride. You strapped in. You knew what this was, hopefully. I did. I always um, strap in, and I say yes, and. And speaking of, yes, and is there a movie that you have that you would like for me to watch next week? There is. Um, I am going to give you to watch uh, a a Fantasia film. Mm. Um, this is a it's a classic. You haven't seen it before, probably, but it is going to be a feast for those for those eyes, and you're really going to enjoy it. And you're welcome in advance. Um, I am giving you a movie called What a Way to Go. Never, Never heard, of, heard it. of it. Never heard of um, it. What year? 1964, Mama. Oh, we're back to a classic. We I'm enjoying do. these classics. I am. Good. That makes me happy. This yeah. is, um, yeah, I picked one from James Burke here. Um, I knew that <laughs> that bitch. would have um, a little bit what? of extra. Oh, Extra wait. Go. No, but I but I think that you'll enjoy this one. I mean, I'm excited. Always, always excited. 
Um, and I'm excited that you all have made it to the end with us. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too chaotic for you. Hopefully we didn't scare you away, but you know, you have to have, I think, a strong constitution to make it to the end of this podcast. And I'm proud of you, those of you who've done it. And we thank you and we love you. And we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed. Check us out on Twitter at MWM Chat. And finally, give us a written review. Five stars and write a little something for us on Apple Podcasts. Um, we would appreciate it. We love you. We will see you next week for What a Way to Go. Is that what it's called? Yep, What a Way to Go. We'll see you next week. Um, we love you. Thank you. And good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Ooh, you can probably smell the wiener water through the microphone, but I got myself a hot dog on the stove. It's time for me to take a little trip to Chomp Town. Bye. Bye. Let us know how glue is made. <laughs>